Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is December 21st, 2020, the day of the December solstice. So it's wonderful to have the opportunity to work together with all of you on this special day. Uh, the purpose of our webinars each week is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And also to create a platform whereby people who are already members of triangles can come together each week and work together in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work entails simply the establishing of a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people link as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Then as their triangle is visualized, they place it within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So after our visualization today, we'll be hearing from Eduardo Gramaglia from Argentina, who regular participants on the webinar will have heard from Eduardo before. He is a uh, teacher, a scholar of Sanskrit, a translator of many ancient astrological texts from Greek into English. And he also teaches Sanskrit um, in South America, in Argentina. So we really look forward to hearing from you, our, um, Eduardo. And I also just wanted to make an announcement that there will be no webinar next week uh, and we will resume, I believe it's on the 4th of January. And also I wanted to say that today because we want to link as a group with the Global Silent Minute, um, we're going to end our webinar at 3.45 today and we'll then join through the webinar we'll join with the facebook live global silent minute which will involve 15 minutes of focused silence and then a little before four we'll link with dot maver will be leading us in a in a collective moment of silence and then it will be followed by 15 more minutes of silence so if you would like to participate in that please just stay on the webinar and we'll also be posting a link to it in the chat box. So as we do now each week, let's begin with a 
Brief visualization followed by mantra. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Visualize within that sphere a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present, radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity, stand an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the triangle out through the five points of the planetary star. London, 
Darjeeling. New York. Geneva. Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a bridge of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the mantra. Radiance, we are, and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Thank you, everyone. So now we'll welcome Eduardo. Hello, Kathy. Thank you okay. for having me again in this webinar. Thank and you. My greetings to everyone on this very special day. Uh, I. I'd like to share a few thoughts with you today. Every unit of life, both on earth and in the whole universe has rhythm, it flows in a rhythmic movement, which can be best explained in terms of cycles. H.P. Blavatsky in her Secret Doctrine spoke about the universe as a boundless place cyclically, the playground of numberless universes incessantly manifesting and disappearing. These universes she called 
the sparks of eternity, a highly poetic expression pointing to the appearance and disappearance of countless words, like a tidal ebb of flux and reflux. The second fundamental proposition of the secret doctrine is precisely the absolute universality of the law of cycles. We look around and see an alternation of day and night, life and death, sleeping and waking. Those little sparks of a great flame, all beings, us, are subject to cycles of incarnation or necessity in accordance with cosmic cycles and the karmic law. And this is because of that fundamental identity of all souls with the universal oversoul. In astrology, we really find a conscious attempt to describe this awesome pattern on the level at which it manifests in the visible world. Astrology is the study of life as a cyclic phenomenon, looking upon the universe as a vast interlocking and conscious organism which ebbs and flows in a cosmic pattern, which in the end we limited minds find too vast to comprehend. And to this, of course, the future challenge is added that esoteric astrology may eventually focus on the conditioning energies, the inner causes of outer cycles. In a way, astrology evolved as a result of the ability of human beings to make correlations between those cycles, always keeping in mind a correspondence between terrestrial and celestial ones. Not only actual, but also symbolic links were established, such as when we, we relate the human life-death cycle with the seasonal life and death of vegetation and with the diurnal and annual solar cycles, which themselves were seen in ancient times as an allegory of human life. This way, an amazing canvas of cycles within cycles emerges, which were later assimilated to the correspondence between macrocosm and microcosm, the life of the center of our system, the sun, representing on a grand scale the life of a human being and its soul. The, ancient, the, ancient, the ancients believed in a fixed cycle of experience and existence, ever repeating itself in a predetermined pattern, though ever on a higher turn of the spiral. The Babylonians, for instance, believed that crucial periods in the life of the universe occurred when there were conjunctions of all the planets at the solstice points, Cancer and Capricorn. When many planets are found on this point, the universe was, was thought to begin a new cycle. Sometimes they believed after the destruction of the old. The idea behind these planetary cycles is that they are in perfect harmony with terrestrial cycles. And it has been argued that they held correspondences with musical harmonies. When Plato defined time as the flowing image of eternity, he certainly alluded to the fact that what we call time is only 
in our minds. H.P. Blavatsky, when commenting on an ancient stanza of the secret doctrine, said that time is an illusion produced by the succession of our own states of consciousness as we travel through eternal duration. So where there is no consciousness in which such illusion may be produced, time lies asleep. The only reality is never ending vibration, abstract motion representing an unlimited consciousness. Time is a concept associated with form, the dimension of time. So these cycles with, which re-emerge at the center of astrology can be seen as the expressions of the thoughts of the divine mind. In other words, the means by which the unfolded, infinite, an eternal potentiality of divine ideas is unfolded in the dimension of time. As Charles Harvey has so intuitively defined it, in each cycle we can distinguish certain phases which represent the sequence of processes through which an idea passes in its unfoldment. Kyklos or cycle is a Greek word meaning circle and the implications are that these circles or cycles are an expression of that music of the spheres which unfolds eternally within the circle of time. The subject of cycles is deeply mysterious. We are told in treatise in Cosmic Fire that a secret knowledge of number, color and sound is linked with the occult knowledge of cycles, which is only the possession it is said, of a true initiate. So astrology as the study of cycles has been, how shall I put it, the forerunner, the torch bearer of this cyclical view of the universe. So on this great tapestry of cycles within cycles, we have the threads of greater and lesser cycles. Among those greater cycles, we have the great year, the complete passage of the sun by precession through the whole circle of the zodiac, which takes around 25,000 years. It is because of this movement that the astrological eras take place, such as the coming Aquarian age. This cycle is said to mark our major shifts of civilization and determine the energies available at different periods of human history. However, they are even said to be a part of, a, of an even greater cycle, a greater zodiac. Now, on a lower level, we have the cycles of the planets, which in their cosmic dance form all sorts of geometrical designs. We call them aspects. Some of them, the fastest ones, come together in what we call a conjunction in short intervals. The shortest of these cycles being, of course, the monthly sun-moon relationship. While the slower ones like Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto may take decades or even centuries to complete the cycle and their cyclic pattern is different. We speak of conjunction when we find two or more planets of the same degree of the zodiac, or 
in more astronomical terms, when two planets appear so close to each other in the sky because they line up with Earth in their respective orbits around the sun. Most astrologers are used to interpreting charts for specific moments rather than thinking in terms of cyclical processes. The conjunction is only the beginning of a cycle which will last until the next one and which will in time gradually unfold all the potentialities contained in that assembly of orbs. It is the birth of a cycle. The cycle will reach a point of crisis when the faster planet moves ahead and comes to be at 90 degrees from the slower one, forming a square. At 120 degrees, the side of a triangle, the most beneficent and mature aspects of these combinations of energies emerge until another point of crisis comes when they come to be opposed to one another. This is like maturity, a point after which decline follows until the next conjunction is reached, such as with, with the life of all beings on Earth. Among these planet relationships, one has been considered particularly important since ancient times. The combination of Jupiter and Saturn, which were called the great chronocrators or the rulers of the times. What a name. It was known as the great conjunction and it has been used as demarcation of historical heirs. When Jupiter and Saturn come together, old forms tend to be dissolved and the fertility of a new growth begins to take shape. As we said, this conjunction is not an isolated astronomical event, but the beginning of a cycle of 20 years. And however, this is only its lesser cycle, as this conjunction, unlike any other, occurs for 240 years sequentially in any one element, so that they complete the greater cycle in 960 years. This means that the faster planet, Jupiter, passes through the whole zodiac and in 20 years catches up Saturn, which in the meantime has moved from one sign to another of the same element. During this cycle, the movement in the sky brings them into different aspect or angular relationships, each one representing a point of fructification, consolidation or crisis. We could imagine this as new ideas being born, which reach blossoming points of crisis to eventually prove obsolete and in need of replacement. A birth, growth, maturity and eventual death as everything else in nature. Today, we have Saturn and Jupiter on the same degree of Aquarius, and we may justly wonder what it may mean both for the next 20 and 240 years for the planet and for our civilization. This conjunction has been taking place since the 1800s in Taurus, Virgo and Capricorn, the signs related to the element Earth 
when humanity saw the industrial revolution, the rise of consumerism and the emerging concept of material wealth. Today, the era of conjunctions in air science is being inaugurated as it takes place in Aquarius. This conjunction combines the expansive vision of Jupiter's second ray with the, the structure and discipline needed to both manifest results as well as cast away the non-essentials, the third ray quality of Saturn. The inspirational nature of Jupiter offsets Saturn's stagnation and provides a deeper philosophical ground for the emerging new structures. While the earth element signifies focus on material security that is resistant to change, this new era of the air element may bring dramatic changes in ideas and the way we relate to one another. And not only will Jupiter and Saturn be uniting in Aquarius, they will also be forming, they are also forming a square aspect with Uranus in Taurus, which may help in finally bringing down old structures and encouraging us to release old personal attachments, both a hard and releasing experience. Uranus always teaches us to let go. Though from the point of view of outer events, it may indicate a change of values from money to data, the binding power of technology or the questioning of the economic system, we should remember that Jupiter is the esoteric ruler of Aquarius. So both rulers of Aquarius are involved in a planet relationship. One may hope we will see new opportunities for anchoring the energy of love wisdom on earth, as well as the emergence of a new concept of community and cooperation. And thus a bridge to the coming age of brotherhood can be built. A new concept of knowledge and learning may appear as well as a deeper understanding of the power of thought as an energy which unifies all spheres of living. It is also relevant that this conjunction is taking place only a few hours after both the Sun and Mercury come together on the solstice point. The Sun reaches this point once a year, though it really does exactly what Mercury is, as the ancients say, in the heart of the Sun, being astronomically one with it, as when the mind is fused with the soul. The last time we had a similar phenomenon was December 2007, when the Sun, Jupiter and Mercury came together on the solstice point. When we consider the relationship between the ecliptic, the 12 divisions of which are the zodiac signs, and the equator, four major points of crisis can be determined along this path of the Sun. When the sun on its apparent path crosses the equator, we have the equinoxes. At that time, our physical life experiences the middle seasons, autumn and spring. Around Easter, the sun is found on this point being symbolically crucified 
to then climb up north of the ecliptic and so rise or resurrect. But when the sun reaches its maximum declination from the equator, its farthest points north and south, we have the solstices. A hint of the spiritual significance of this moment is that it symbolically involves the possibility of taking a whole new direction as the sun does at these points. The secret doctrine says that these points hold occult and numerical relationships of all sorts. We find them mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita in relation with the human cycle of incarnation. Today, the sun is on the Capricorn solstice in the very direction of the galactic center. It is said that at the time of the winter solstice, one of the greatest phases of the ancient initiation cycle has always taken place. These four points, the equinoxes and the solstices are, according to Blavatsky, guarded by two great, by four great beings, the guardians of the four quarters of space. This sacred season culminating today, the Capricorn solstice, is a symbol of the mystic birth of the true human individuality, the inner Christ in the cave of the heart. We see how certain astronomical truths enact the story of the Christ within our hearts. A hint of how astronomical phenomena reflect great truths can be seen at the moment the birth is thought to have taken place. On December the 25th at midnight, the celestial sign of the Virgo, the Virgin, rises in the east. Adonis, Dionysus, Bacchus, Mithra, Osiris, Apollo are also said to have been born in a cave at this moment when the days are shortest and darkness is on the face of the earth. All these sun gods are born at this time to bring light on a world submerged in darkness. This is of course highly symbolic. Otherwise, how would one account for the fact that on this side of the planet we are roasting? Christianity was a highly esoteric school in its beginnings and another example of the many metaphors used by those early forerunners is found in the beautiful image of the star of Bethlehem. The historical birth of Jesus is thought to have taken place seven years before our era when the great conjunction which is taking place today that of Jupiter and Saturn could be seen in the sign of Pisces. This conjunction has been supposed to have been the so-called star of Bethlehem, and it is a very tempting assumption. As a matter of fact, this winter solstice meetup between Jupiter and Saturn is particularly remarkable given that they will be close enough to appear like one massive winter star from Earth. However, when we read in the Bible that the three magi, the three astrologers, saw the star in the east and followed it, we 
might consider a more symbolical meaning. The mystic East, the mystic East being a synonym of occult knowledge and the star not being necessarily an astronomical phenomenon, but rather that's, that spiritual star mentioned by the secret doctrine. In the end, the avatar Christ is thought to have symbolically descended to this plane on the winter solstice at the time of the same conjunction which is today taking place. And by this, I am not implying that an avatar is about to be born these days, but rather that we could at least think that this time could be considered of great spiritual significance and opportunity more in the sense of a new birth. This new birth is indeed an immaculate conception, not because of any unnatural and twisted theological conception, but precisely because it is a spiritual birth, the birth of a Christ within the cave of a heart, which in the end is the recognition of the soul as the ruling agent of our lives. And as we end, let me say that all we know about planetary configurations is of a most basic nature, as the astrological key to the ancient wisdom, we are told, has not been given yet. The suggested lines of research in esoteric astrology indicate that the most important part of the astrological study is the science of triangles. The fact that the entire cosmic web and the solar system is a living, constantly moving, interwoven network of triangles, has profound astrological implications, which we must eventually become aware of. This is what I wanted to share with you today. Thank you, Kathy, for this opportunity. And on this, my shortest and your longest night, I send you greetings and hope that this solstice may really be a new and inspiring beginning for us all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eduardo, for those beautiful words and profound ideas. And it's a beautiful prelude to our meditation. So let's just pause for a moment to take in those words and then we'll go into our meditation. We come together in group fusion. Linking in thought as a soul as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group.
protect a bridge of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and towards Shambhala as we sound the affirmation of the will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Lift your consciousness into the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network.
Lift your consciousness now to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. precipitation. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangles network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. 
let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done by the words as they're poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve.
from the center, which we call the human race. Let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So thank you everyone. And thank you particularly Eduardo for your contribution. So now we'll be linking with the Global Silent Minute Facebook group. You can stay right on this webinar if you'd like and we'll be linking with them. <laughs>